0: Hello, and welcome back to the Riley Brakefield Show. I am your host, the one, the only, the titties, Riley Brakefield. Hope everybody had a good weekend, you know, lots of football, lots of gambling. I did horrible this weekend. I went 4-16 and in 16 of my college football picks, and 1-8 for eight on the douchebag report, the picks I usually give out every Friday. Um, yeah, so basically, I'm ready to drown myself in a pool of misery, and basically just drown myself because it was fucking god-awful, and I'm very upset. Don't know what happened. I thought I saw the board. I love the board. Everything looked great. Everything felt great. This wasn't my time, really. Really shitty. Really upsetting, you know. And my wife can't eat food now because of, we're broke because of me. So fuck okay, it. I guess we starve. You know what I mean. So moving on. Other news. Not a whole lot of news going on in this world today. Um, I'm just gonna cover a couple things I wanted to talk about, and then kind of just talk about the games this weekend. What I saw. What I think. If anyone gives a shit. Feel free to listen to that. Obviously, then I'm gonna end the segment, end the show. I'm sorry, end the show with my uh, just my thought segment, like I did last week. Um, last week I ranted about Nebraska football and how they're never gonna be good again. So listen to that if you're a Nebraska fan. But as far as the news, hasn't been a lo- whole lot of stuff going on. Doc Rivers, if you're familiar with NBA head coaches, he's the head coach of the Sixers. Um, was caught being horny on the internet. So corniest guy of the week goes to doc rivers because he was liking all sorts of sexual tweets on twitter some of uh women sucking dicks you know women fingering themselves it was just an all-out classic old man kind of move he had no idea that your likes can be seen on twitter and he was just having himself a day probably stroking one out and i mean there's porn on twitter it's there so that's he he found it He, he found what he was looking for but I don't think he wanted everyone else to see what he was looking for. So, Pretty funny, though. All-time move. I thought it was quite hilarious that that happened, to An NBA coach just caught me in horny, you know. Bonk on the head for him. And then, um, I don't know if you heard about the Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott stuff. The governors of Florida and Texas, respectfully, um, have had a lot of illegal immigrants lately coming into Florida and Texas, I guess. So they decided to ship him up. To Martha's Vineyard, where the rich white elites hang out, and that's a true statement. The rich white elites hang out there. The ones that are basically just cunts all the time, you know, the ones that make the world worse. Those are the people that live in Martha's Vineyard. So I thought it was a hilarious move. And of course, the Democratic side comes out saying, "You can't do that to people. You can't just ship them to places." Da 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 da. And then, not no less than like twenty four hours later, they did the exact same thing and shipped them somewhere else because. They can't deal with that. They can't have people of color around them. What a bunch of fucking losers. I love it. I thought it was a hilarious move. It's something you'd think you'd see in like a comedy movie, but no, it's real life. Politics every day ceases to amaze me the funny shit that happens, and I don't think it. I sometimes don't think they mean to do it. It just kind of happens that way, and you're like, Jesus Christ. What a bunch of fucking Looney Tunes, dude. All time hilarious move. I think it's, you know, just, it's funny. In my opinion, if you don't agree, then maybe you just need to take a good look at yourself and stop being a sorry little bitch. That's all i got to say. Whatever. Moving on. So, a lot of football this weekend. Lots of football. for just finished it off with the Packers-Bears game there. Aaron Rodgers is still the father of the Chicago Bears. It continues. Um, brutal ending in that Cards-Raiders game. Hunter Renfro basically lost the game because he doesn't know how to hold on to the football. Like, come on, dude. You're in the NFL. You shouldn't fumble twice. He literally fumbled twice to end the game. He fumbled twice, and that second one cost them. And the Cardinals pick it up, and the win scored a touchdown. Like what? If I was him, I'd have a hard time wanting to go home and sleep in my own bed. I'd probably feel like I need to jump off a bridge or something. That's just me. Maybe I'm just suicidal. I don't know. But that's just me. I would embarrassment would get the best of me. Losing, failure, being a failure would get the best of me. And you know. Probably got old. Da- his old daddy Dabo Sweeney texting him, like, "Hunter, we we trained you better," and so you know the the, the man that Dabo is the the Lord the Lord following man that he is. Probably telling Hunter he probably needs to get rid of himself because he dropped two fumbles and that's just not a good look for his program. Still to this day, you know, just wouldn't be surprised. The Texans and the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett continues to show that he's a uh, kind of sucks at calling plays. He doesn't really know what he's doing. So Broncos need to figure that out when you have that many weapons. And the Texans are a bad team, but I mean they have a couple decent players on defense. You know, they tied the Colts last week and they kept it close this week. But their defense doesn't have a whole lot of star power. Their defense is a lot of young guys. It's gonna take some time to develop and get them going in the right direction. There's no reason that a team with Russell Wilson at the quarterback, Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, this whole slew of talented People on the backfield and in the wide receiver core. There's no reason that they shouldn't be scoring like 20 points a game. It was bad. Bengals and Cowboys. The Bengals had also bad play calling. I don't understand the consistent. I understand Joe Mixon is one of the best backs in the league. I can say that. I believe that. But still, when you have the best wide receiver core probably in the NFL, you're not throwing them the ball most of the time. Come on. Give them better routes. Give them shorter routes. They didn't do that in the Super Bowl. The playoffs. Their offensive play calling is horrible. They need to fix that. And Cooper Rush is obviously the savior of the Dallas Cowboys. I think they should just uh, release Dak Prescott and go with Cooper Rush because if Dak couldn't get that offense moving, but Cooper Rush did decently find a start today, there's your answer. Dak needs to go. Um, 49ers game, 49ers won. Trey Lance is hurt for the year, you know. I think he probably hurt that ankle when he was out dancing with those strippers. You know, just one of those things. You're out there sh- they're shaking their ass, and she puts too much on you, and all of a sudden you fall backwards and you step off the step off the ledge, and there you go. There's your ankle. So then, in turn, it gets hurt on Sunday. You know, that's just the lesson you have to learn, kids. Strippers, you got to be careful with them. They'll ruin your life, but they'll make your life better. So be wise. Don't throw a lot of money at them, or else you get your ankle. Fucking broke and you're done for the year. So Dolphins Ravens game was quite crazy. Tua take of I finally had his first good game in this his whole entire career as an NFL quarterback. You know, and everyone that's an Alabama fan, a Dolphin fan, a Tua fan is going around saying, See, we told you so. Look at what he can do. Like shut the shut shut the fuck up. It's like, basically, when you make a girl come for the first time, just because you did it once doesn't mean that you're cool. You have to do it on a continued basis, and then you're cool. And then she loves you. To have had one good game. One good game. And a game where they were down. Where they were losing, so they needed him to throw. If he's so good, why are we not doing that every single fucking game? That's the real question. So, I don't think it's that crazy. It's cool, whatever, he finally... Finally had a good game, but he's gotta get that team to the playoffs first before I can say, Okay, he's a legit top tier NFL quarterback because he's not. He's just not. I'm sorry. He's dumb, he makes a lot of mistakes, he's just not he's not top ten material. So if he has more good games, yeah, he can definitely put himself in that conversation. He can definitely elevate himself to that level. But like I said, you made a girl come once, doesn't mean you're the god of sex. It means you just got lucky. So the Jets Joe Flacco's the key, man. I've been saying it, I've been saying it, I've been saying it. Joe Flacco gives the Jets the best chance to win, best chance to make the playoffs. Fuck Zach Wilson, let him go play with the Mommies at the playground. But he is just not a good quarterback. Flacco's the answer, and that is how the Jets win again and make it to the fucking Super Bowl. Joe Flacco is the key. Lions. Or look like the best team probably in football. I mean, they're the only team that's averaging 35.5 points per game. They have the most points per game, so that's got to say something. I think the Lions are fucking probably going to make the playoffs. Because uh, Sean McVay didn't know how to use Jared Goff because Sean McVay's a loser. And he got lucky because of that defense that he has. He's not a good offensive play card. We see that. We saw that last week. Guy's ass. If he had Jared Goff, he'd have like four more Super Bowls. No, it's not true. But I'm just a Jared Goff fan, and it's cool to see him having some success. There's a lot of there's a lot of weapons on that Lions offense, man. The defense is young and has guys that have been around. So 13 to watch out for. They could make a sneaky little run to the playoffs or at least be in competition. You know, they're not they're not a bottom five team talent-wise on that roster. There's a ton of talent there. So to see them having some success is actually really cool in my eyes. <clears throat> Colts suck. That's all I got to say about them. Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor, like, how do you not score a point? How do you not score a fucking point when you have probably the second best running back in the league behind Derrick Henry, and you don't score a point? What are, you, what are you fucking doing? It's ridiculous. NFL fucking pisses me off, man. That fucking play calling is so garbage. So garbage. Move on to some college football games. I'm tired of talking about the no fun league. Texas A&M looked a little bit better with Max Johnson at the helm. You know, he finally was kind of moving the ball a little bit more. But I mean, they still only scored like 17 points, so I don't, I don't necessarily know if the quarterback change was what needed to be changed. Jimbo Fisher's on the hot seat. It's about time for him to take one out or what the hell, Hit, take it. I don't know. It's time for him to go. Whatever. It looks better. Miami didn't look very good, though, in my opinion. Tyler Van Dyke didn't really, I don't believe all that hype that he had. I hadn't watched him play yet. Supposed to be a top-tier prospect this year. I mean, he made some throws that the wide receivers definitely should have caught the ball, but he also made some throws where I'm like, what are you doing? Held the ball a little too long, you know. I, I definitely think there's room for growth there. And But when Miami's still a team to watch out for in the ACC. I mean, once you have one loss, yes, your chances are a lot slimmer of making the playoff, but if everybody has one loss and... You know, you're just to a good team. Like, I mean, that is a good loss when you think about it. Texas A&M, if they keep you in the right direction, there's no reason that that wouldn't be a good loss for them. Oh, sorry. Um, Washington destroyed the shit out of Michigan State. I mean, and all the gambling odds were in Washington's favor, and it was proven why. I mean, Michigan State just did not show up to play, it seemed like. Their defense didn't look very good. Their quarterback doesn't know how to make... Really, that smarter decisions, you know, not having Kenneth Walker really showed how uh, important he was to that Michigan State offense last year. Um, Bobby Petrino strolled back in to Arkansas and almost got upset, uh, almost ruined the program once again. If you're not familiar, he ruined the program once before for uh, getting on a motorcycle accident with a young lady that was not his wife, um, and he had to wear a neck brace. You've probably seen it; it's hilarious. But he almost went in there and beat Arkansas. I think they only lost by a touchdown or two, maybe two, but at one point they were leading. They were leading like 17 to nothing. So would have been hilarious if Bobby Petrino comes back on family night, of all things, and beats Arkansas. But he couldn't get it done. So Bama barely escapes the University of Louisiana Monroe by 50-some uh, points. It was 60-7, but just they just they didn't score a touchdown. Alabama is... They're mid. They're, Saban's washed. I think. I really do think that Sabin's kind of losing a step this year. The Alabama team, like after watching the Texas game, offensively they just—they're not that good. I don't think. I don't believe all the Bryce Young hype. I'm sorry. I don't think he's that great. I don't think he's the next coming of God and Christ. He's okay quarterback. I do admit that. But I don't think he's over the moon. I don't think he's the best thing there is, and that's being shown. He doesn't have the wide receiver core that he had last year. He has all these guys that are no names that are not producing. I mean, we saw that in the Texas game. It was awful. The wide receivers were a huge part why they almost lost that game. There's just no there's no depth there. There's no not a lot of real talent, raw talent. These guys that are fast and quick and can get in space and make plays themselves. They just they just don't have that anymore, especially this year. So, I definitely think it's a type of year where Alabama they cannot lose in the regular season because if they lose in the regular season, and still make the SEC championship game, and you get fucking they become toilet paper for Georgia. They're not making the playoffs, so they really need to clean up their act because they, they play in arguably the best conf, or well yes the best conference, but also the best division in all of college football. When your worst team is Auburn in that division. That's saying something. Auburn's bad, yes. I mean, we saw that Penn State exposed them. Well, I wouldn't say exposed them, but you know, we saw that. So, and to think that Auburn is your worst team in your division when they're still probably a six and six team, and then in any other conference, they're probably eight and four or nine and three. Like that's crazy. So, I think there's a really good chance that somebody beats Alabama this year. I mean, it could be Arkansas, Old Miss, LSU, Texas A and M again. Auburn could get lucky, you know, Mississippi State too, I mean, they're good, but, you know, and to expand on that Penn State game, I I, I think that Penn State really showed that they are a, a good program this year, that they're a really good team, they have potential to win the Big Ten possibly, and I think Harson's is really on the hot seat, you know, two close wins over shitty opponents the two weeks prior, and then you get blown out at home like that, I mean, that's embarrassing, and... Everyone all the whole Auburn fan base is freaking out. They all know it's coming to an end. I, I think Harson loses one more game, then he's fucking done. I mean unless he rambles off three more wins here. But I don't I don't see that happening. I don't know who their opponent is this week, but I know that they play L S U the following week, so if they lose their game this next week to whoever that is, that could be dangerous and then that L S U game could be the one that uh, gets Harson fired. But then again they could beat L S U because that's how interesting the SEC West is this year. Oregon finally decided to uh, show up and show the world what they're, uh, what they're all about this year. It really shows you the talent gap between a team like Georgia and a team like Oregon. I mean, Oregon is a very good football team. That was shown they beat BYU, who I thought was going to make the college football playoff because of their schedule and their talent that that team had. I thought they had a real legit chance to do that. Oregon came, I mean, BYU came in and Oregon just fucking dog walked them, man. It was crazy to see. Oregon is definitely a good team this year. I'm definitely a team to watch out for in the Pac-12. Pac-12 is actually sneakily becoming a very good conference this year. You know, USC, Utah, Oregon, Washington now slides into the picture after their big win. Um, who else? UCLA still undefeated. Actually, Stanford's not a bad team. Oregon State still undefeated. Pac-12 could actually get some representation this year and actually show a lot of improvement in the conference as a whole. Um, Nebraska, Oklahoma. <laughs> Nebraska has a long, long, long road into getting back where they want to be. They just—they're not the program they used to be. Ever since Bob was gone, basically, they've—they've they've been pretty shitty. I—I I ranted about it last week. I just don't—I don't know how they fix it. I really don't. I—I I honestly, to tell you the truth, I think the answer is you hire Urban Meyer. No one else can do that job. No one else can turn the program around he's probably the only guy that can do it. He's shown that he can do it at pretty much every school he's ever been at in college football. I think he can do it at Nebraska. Otherwise, it's just they're never going to find someone. And, I mean, all like I talked about last week, all the coaches that they want to get, they're going to have a hell of a time trying to lure them away. And I just don't I don't know what would. What, what lures you to Nebraska? Yeah, they have a lot of money. Yes, they have a dedicated fan base. But the recruiting is shitty. I mean, it's... It's a build that's going to take a couple, a couple years, and whoever in Nebraska decides to hire has to realize that they have to get this program back to somewhat normal because Scott Frost ruined it even more. And it might not have been his fault. I'm sure he wanted to win there, but it's just it's not, it's not what it used to be. And playing in the Big Ten is a lot harder than it was in the Big Twelve. Nebraska was one of the top teams in the Big Twelve, in the Big Ten they're not. I mean, you have Ohio State, you have Michigan, you have Michigan State, you have Penn State, you have Wisconsin, who's good from time to time. You have Iowa, who's usually really good. You have a Minnesota team that's been on the rise. You have a Purdue, a Purdue team that's been right there in the middle of the pack the whole time, a Northwestern team that's the same thing. It's just there's a lot more talent there. You don't have, like when they were in the Big 12, where there was a the bottom tier of teams that they knew they could beat every year. That's not unrealistic now. Nebraska's that bottom-tier team that everyone's like, oh, we can probably beat them. I mean, it's Nebraska, Indiana, and Illinois. They're all in the same conversation of just not that good. They're just not. But Oklahoma looked really good. I think Oklahoma un- was kind of underrated this year. We saw that Brett Venables is doing a very good job. I mean, if he keeps this up and they make the playoff, he's Coach of the Year candidate easily. I mean, they they just looked amazing. They dominated that game from start to finish. They allowed one touchdown, then after that, it was game over. Defense looked amazing. The offense looked amazing. It's just Brett Venables is going to do really well there, and I think Oklahoma's going to be a team to watch out for. But I worry when they go to the SEC, just more competition, you know. So they have to keep this up and hopefully hopefully make the playoff this year and then just kind of keep riding off that wave. Georgia's best team in the country, like I had talked about earlier. I mean, I have that here in my notes, but... They're just, it's them and everyone else. I don't know who's going to beat Georgia. I don't know if anybody can beat Georgia. That's the other thing. They look so damn good. Like I said, there's no way. I don't, I don't see Alabama beating them. So Alabama cannot slip up in the regular season or else they won't make the playoff. And even if they do somehow slip in there, I, it's, it's Georgia and everybody else right now. No one's at the level that Georgia is. They're just too good. They're just way too good. Syracuse looked awesome, they, they looked really good, they got a good win against Purdue, they won it kind of last second there, but that was my one pick that I gave out in the douchebag report that I actually got right, so that was nice, I needed that one. Michigan beat their third straight cupcake team, I know everyone's been freaking out on the internet because Brandon Walker said have we schedule, which they do, their schedule is awful, it's, there's point of period, the schedule is awful, it's horrible, there's no reason you should be playing Hawaii, Colorado State, and Yukon all in the same year. And I don't care, like, oh, it was scheduled so far back. I don't care that it was. Whenever it was scheduled, those teams were still not very good. They're all fucking group of five or below that even. You know, like, UConn's been a shitty program for the past couple years. I mean, they won 50-something to nothing because UConn's just not as good like, I don't know, Maryland plays Michigan this week, and I think Maryland's going to surprise Michigan. They're probably going to upset them, because I don't think this Michigan team is that good. They've had one good year. That's it. Kind of previewing the next week, Kansas got another win, Duke got another win, so Kansas and Duke play next week, and they're both 3-0. and Basketball schools are getting a really good chance to show what they're all about, and that should be a fun game. I was really hoping College Game Day would go there. They decided not to, but that would be a fun one, I think. I mean, shit, Kansas or Duke is going to be 4-0. and Lance Leipold, he's at Kansas, and Mike Elko at Duke. They're both doing an awesome job. I hope they keep it up. It's it's cool when these programs that have had no success in a long time start doing good. I love it. You know, I love to see it. LSU had a good win against Mississippi State. It was awesome to see. I was happy about that. Obviously, made my life easier. That was one of the that's my second of the four picks that I actually got right on College Bowl this week. I took the money line, so thank you for once in my life, for the Tigers. When I betted on them, actually won. And then the game of the week, App State, the way they won on that Hell Mary, it was awesome. Boone, North Carolina was rocking. Luke Combs came in for game day to make some picks. It was just a cool environment. It looked awesome. Wish I could have been there. But to see something like that and then the crazy way to end that game was just, it was like a movie, you know. It was just too perfect, I guess. But it was a pretty good weekend, lots of football, not a whole lot of changes, you know. But So moving on to my just my thoughts segment. And this is something that really grinds my gears. And it's something that, because of it, I prefer one over the other. It's the play calling in the NFL. And I prefer college football to the NFL because college football, there's always a lot more points. It always looks, it just the product that I get always feels better. The NFL, every game I've watched this year, I've looked at one team at least, at least one team maybe, and sometimes I look at two, both teams. And I just wonder, what the fuck are you doing? This week, there was 11 teams so far that have scored under 20 points. Last week, there was 11 teams as well. And we also have the two Monday night games, so they'll probably go up to 13 this week. There is no reason that an NFL team should be scoring less than 20 points. There's absolutely zero excuse for it. And I get, yes, sometimes the defense comes up big throughout the whole game. But these are supposed to be the best athletes in the world, the best, the best quarterbacks, the best running backs, all these things. There is no excuse. I would look at that number and think, yeah, you know, five to six teams would make more sense. Some teams have shitty play calling, obviously. Some teams have shitty fucking quarterbacks. Some teams have a shitty all-around culture in that locker room, and they just, they can't, they're just doomed for failure, and everyone knows it, you know. But there's no reason that a team like the Broncos, as I stated earlier, should score less than 20 points. The offense is loaded. The offense has tons of weapons. There's no reason for that. There's no reason the Colts team should do that. And I understand Michael Pittman Jr. was out, but Matt Ryan's still a really good quarterback. T- Jonathan Taylor is still one of the best running backs in the league. Your offensive line is still probably the best offensive line in the league. So why are you not scoring? And I saw it in the Bengals game. You have Joe Mixon, very good back. Don't get me wrong, but you have probably the best wide receiver trio in the NFL. And T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. And Tyler Boyd's probably your third-best receiver. He's your number three. But still, he's way ahead of a lot of other teams, number twos and possibly number ones. And you're not passing the ball. You're not doing quick little slants, curls, hitches, anything to get those guys open to get them in space. If it's first down, you should more than likely pass it. I mean, I'm an analytics guy. First down, you pass it. And depending on where you're at, second down. If it's second ten, you pass again. If it's second and six... You run the ball. There's a time and place to run the ball. Don't get me wrong, I love running the ball. When I go play NCAA football 14 after this, I'm going to run the ball down somebody's throat because I like to run the ball, but you also have to come out and pass the ball. You can't run the ball in first and second and not get anywhere and then expect your quarterback to, okay, it's third and 13, here we go, let's try to pick up 13 yards on one play. That's unrealistic. I mean, it happens, yeah, of course it does. But you're just setting your offense up for failure. You're just putting yourself in a three and out. You do not run the ball back to back when you're backed up that far. You just don't. It's stupid. And a lot of teams do that. I don't understand why. Like stop being scared. Your job either gonna have your job or you're not gonna have your job. That's that's the god honest truth at the end of the day. It's ridiculous. I the play calling pisses me off. I mean, there's no reason that we shouldn't see lots of points being scored. And You look at the collegiate level, and even the best programs, when they go up against each other, they still score a lot of points. Perfect example: this first one comes to my mind. Twenty nineteen LSU national championship game against Clemson. It was like forty five to twenty four. The LSU defense was one of the best all season, but other teams still were able to score on them. I mean, the Alabama LSU game that year, probably one of the games with the most talent on both sides of the ball for both teams. On the field, just unreal talent. Offense and defense, just absolutely loaded with guys that are all in the league now. And that's just it. They're all in the league now. All those talented guys are in the league now. So it just baffles me that there's there's no excuse for your team to not score three touchdowns a game or at least two touchdowns and two field goals. You should be getting in the field goal range damn near every time, but they just don't. Because they have shitty fucking play calling, and it drives me nuts, man. I'm sure I could call a better game than half the fucking bozos in the league that are offensive coordinators. And if someone of them hears that and they're like, "Bet you can't fucking call me up. Look me up on Instagram or Twitter. Send me a message, and I'll come coach a game, and I'll fucking put up 45 points. Because it's really not that hard. And I get it. Yes, defense is good. Yes, you have to run the ball. All these things. But you also have to just be a smart person and understand how the game of football works and to stop being so conservative and stop being a whiny little bitch and do what you should. <sighs> Whatever, you know. Nothing's going to change. But that's today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. I'm your boy, Roddy Breakfield. Make sure to like, share, subscribe. Follow me on all the socials. I love you. And uh, send this to a To a fan, you know, they're more than likely an Alabama fan and a cousin fucker probably at that too. Send it to them. Tell them I said high things about him so that when they listen and I don't say high things about them, I can argue with him on the internet because it just makes my life better because I enjoy that kind of shit. But for now, your boy Titties is out. I hope you have a blessed Monday. May the Lord forever be in your favor. That's a kiss right there. I love you. Have Have a great week. Go out and kill it. Your boy Titties is out for real this time. Bye. Okay, bye.